The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shaleen Show. You have arrived right on time for part two of how not to be late or how to help someone you know arrive on time. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hopefully, you have had a chance to listen to part one. Part one, especially if you're a late person, is really, truly going to help you make the shift in your mind. And it's a little bit of tough love, but it's also going to help you understand how your brain works. And that's why it's also really important to listen to that episode. If you are struggling in your life because somebody who you care about or someone who has an effect on your day is regularly late. I mean, this can be a real source of not just frustration, but anger. I think by listening to part one, you'll really understand that person's brain. And the reason why that's important is because if this is something you need to change, you're going to have to support them or at least better understand them. When we better understand people, we can better help them. And that includes ourselves. Today, assuming you've already listened to part one, I'm going to get into those strategies that will help you arrive on time and you, the people who are early, that will help my latecomers arrive on time. I'm also going to give those of you who are in a relationship, whether it's a a work relationship or maybe it's your boyfriend or your wife, your husband, I'm going to help you help them arrive on time, okay? Because I'll tell you this, spoiler alert, they're not doing it to make you mad. They're not trying to flip you off. They're not trying to to create anxiety. They're not trying to establish the fact that their time is more important than someone else's. Based on the replies I received to my informal survey on multiple social media platforms, the number one reason why people say they're late is because they lack the ability to estimate time. And while yes, this is a skill, a skill all of us can learn and adapt, so have hope, it's also a function of your brain. Just as there are people who are left-brained and right-brained, there are people who have blood flow to different areas of their brains, areas that allow them to estimate time and space. We know that the brain of someone who's chronically late doesn't get the same type of blood flow to that area. As a consequence, when it comes to estimating or trying to keep track of how much time has passed in their mind, they're way off. I am always late because I completely underestimate how much time it takes to do things. And I always try to get one more thing done before I leave the house. I always think if I'm going to clean the toilet before I leave, it's going to take me approximately 15 seconds when it might actually take four minutes For me, a minute lasts forever, and when I heard you speak about actual scientific studies saying that we measure time differently, I was like, oh. So, how do we fix this? By eliminating the need to estimate how fast or how slow time is passing. How do we do that? Well, believe it or not, it's easier than you might think. 
it does require a trip to my favorite place on the internet, amazon.com. I'm going to recommend that if you're the late person or if you're the person who's trying to help someone who's always late, you need to invest in miniature digital clocks. These miniature digital clocks are incredibly helpful to both you and the person who's showing up late because now if they can see time, they don't have to estimate time. So you're going to need more than a few of these and you need to place them strategically. I placed one in my closet because that's where I can spend way too much time trying and retrying on clothes and fussing with my outfit. I place one on my mirror where I get ready in the morning, where I'm blow drying my hair, putting on my makeup, and I place a digital one in my shower. Why? Well, because sometimes you think to yourself, okay, it would only take me a couple of minutes to shave my legs, but do I have time to do that right now? Do I need to do that right now? And if we know you're no good at estimating time, you don't have to estimate time if you can just glance at this little waterproof digital clock that's in your shower area. These small digital clocks can be purchased for under $10 on Amazon or maybe at your local discount store. And buy more than a few. The more places you have these digital clocks set up, the better you're going to learn to estimate your time. And as a matter of fact, you don't have to estimate your time if you can see your time. Now, if you're really struggling with this, you might want to even set your digital clocks a few minutes ahead. Now, be sure to place these everywhere you know personally you get either caught up in activities or you're spending time getting ready. Ideal places might be your bathroom, on your desk at work, where you're exercising, where your crafts are, where you're working, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in your closet, in your car, wherever you can place these digital clocks. I promise it's going to be a reminder to you that time is passing by faster than what you're estimating or faster than what your significant other is estimating. Because as the person who arrives on time, I know it's frustrating to you that you're constantly having to remind your partner that we have to leave in two minutes, we have to leave in three minutes. You say that, they're aware of it. But I can tell you this from hearing countless messages, they think three minutes is passing twice as long as it's actually passing. By investing in these small digital clocks and placing them in important areas, you eliminate the need to estimate time. This next tip is specifically for those of you who are showing up late. Because I heard from so many of you that the reason why you're late or even showing up more late nowadays is because of social media. Because you know you need to get ready, you know you need to finish a project, you know you need to clean up the kitchen, whatever it is, but you open up an app. You start looking at Snapchat, Instagram, you name it, and before you know it, another 10 or 15 minutes has passed, and it felt like a blip. So it's a problem with estimating time, yes, but more importantly, it's allowing yourself to do things you don't need to do and you know are a distraction. You need to, here's your assignment, make a list of things that you know are time sucks that don't need to be done. And it might not be social media. It might just be that you are a clean freak. And just as you're leaving the house, you feel compelled to make sure it's ready for a showing. Of course, your home should be clutter-free and you want it to be organized and clean and tidy when you return. But those things need to be done at a different time, just as social media is necessary. It is. It's really, this podcast is considered social media. It's the reason why I have my business. So I'm not going to tell you not to dip into social media but there's a time and a place. 
So you need to make a list of things that you are no longer going to allow yourself permission to do when you need to get someplace on time. Your next assignment is to show that list to your significant others, the people who your lateness might impact. That could be a coworker, and it could be your spouse or your kids, but show them that list so that they can help hold you accountable. This tip is for both of you, the latecomer and the person who's frustrated by being in a relationship with a latecomer. Never, ever be honest about the real time that this person needs to be ready. Why? Well, because you already know they're going to push it. I hate to say this, but let's just be honest. This has been an ongoing battle between myself and my husband every single time we have a flight. Every time we have a flight. It panics him if we're not there like really early, like early enough to do a tour of the airport. So I always say to him, well, then don't tell me the real time that we need to be there by. Instead, lie to me by like 30 minutes. The person who has figured this out is my assistant. My assistant, Kristen, knows that I have these tendencies. So she often puts things in my calendar that are either 10 or 15 or sometimes even five minutes earlier than the actual time. And the reason why this is awesome is because I can't predict it. You know, if I could predict it, if I knew that she always was putting things five minutes early or 10 minutes or 15, well, then in my mind, I would know that wasn't the real time. But because she's always changing it up, I just have to assume whatever time she put down is the actual time. And by the way, sometimes she does put the actual time. So it keeps me on my toes and certain to arrive at the time that she's put it on my calendar. Now, Brett, for some reason, this annoys him. And maybe if you're the person who's on time, you feel as he does. Like, why is this my responsibility? And I would say to that, it's not your responsibility to the person who's always arriving on time, but it is a way for you to keep the peace. If you know your partner is challenged in this way, I'll just bet if you're being honest, there are some things that are challenging for you that your partner deals with or makes accommodations for. So think of it as just creating harmony. It's no sweat off your back. I know it's hard for you to understand why somebody needs to see a time that's earlier than what it is, but the bottom line is you both want to be on time. And if this can make it happen, why not do it? Now, let's face it. The best indication of how you're going to perform in the future is how you've performed in the past. So if your partner in the past has been chronically, notoriously late, then there's a very good chance if you put, we're leaving at 2.30 or we need to leave at 2.30 on the calendar, there's a very good chance they're going to be late. And it's no big deal if the time was actually 2.45. Now you're leaving at 2.45, but you're technically on time. You follow my drift? But remember, don't be predictable about this. If you're putting everything on the calendar 15 minutes earlier than what the time really is, your latecomer is going to then pick up on that pattern. So be inconsistent. Sometimes make it a half hour earlier, 15 minutes, five minutes. So they're not able to beat the system. And one of the reasons why this is so useful is because latecomers often have a hard time getting out the door. Many latecomers reported that they're ready at the time that's on their calendar or in their phone of the appointment, the time that they knew they needed to leave the house by, but they failed to estimate how long it takes to gather everything together in order to physically walk down the stairs, out the door, start their car, load up their car, and leave. 
So I'm a busy mom and I feel like I tried my best to get on time, but I'm often late because even though I myself am ready, it takes me a while to get all the things ready for the kids, get shoes on, get shoes tied, backpacks ready, or maybe there's a mini meltdown or an accident or all that stuff that happens in those moments that I just underestimate the time for. I'm late because I'm ready when I'm supposed to be, but I underestimate how long it takes getting everything together for me to actually leave my house. Now, this is interesting, especially if you're someone who's on time. If you're an on-time person, you can't even fathom why people aren't considering everything they need to do in order to technically be ready to leave. The person who's chronically late thinks, I am ready, my body's ready, my mind's ready, I'm dressed, I have my makeup on, but they've failed to consider all of those extra little steps and details that have to be taken care of before we're physically walking out the door. So how do we fix this? How can we address this? Very simply, by doing a better job of learning how to reverse engineer every single appointment. I recommend that you do this on paper. Myself personally, I use my Smart Life Push Journal. And you can learn more about how to use one. In fact, I, I give you a tutorial on how to use this super easy handwritten journal that you carry with you and you lay it on your your sink, or wherever it is you're getting ready each day. But this is where I have learned to reverse engineer every single appointment that I have. At the time that I'm recording this, I'm actually suffering from a hamstring injury that I'm trying to rehab. That means I have a minimum of three extra appointments per day. That's in addition to the times that I've set to meet someone for a workout. That's a total of four four appointments, and then things I have to do at work that could be anywhere from three to five appointments. So we're talking, gosh, at a minimum, seven to 10 things every day that I need to be on time for. Each one of those appointments might require either that I've reviewed some documentation, I have my laptop with me, maybe I need a change of clothes, or I need to allow for time to communicate or socialize with people after the event. I need to also consider what do I need to bring with me? What food do I need to have on hand? How much time is it going to take for me to change or to review the documentation? How much time will it take for me to drive to that location? And then if there were to be traffic, say 10 minutes of it, I've got to include that and pad my driving time. Only when I do a really great job of reverse engineering absolutely every possible step that needs to go into each appointment, and I do it the night before, am I able to have a day where I'm on time? Now, if my husband doesn't do that, he'll still be on time for everything. His brain works that way. Mine doesn't. I have to think about these appointments the day before, and I have to put them in writing. So I use my Smart Life Push Journal, and I will put a picture of what this looks like up on my blog. So you can go to shaleenjohnson.com and the blog that's associated with this topic, you'll see how I do this. I literally write down what I need to have for the appointment, what I need to remember, what I need to pack up, what needs to be at the door when I leave. And the night before, I place all of that at the front door in advance. The night before, I find my keys in advance. The night before, I try to pick out all of my outfits. I lay out my makeup. I lay out everything I'm going to need for the next day, and not just for my first appointment, but for every appointment during that day. This might sound cumbersome, but it gives you so much freedom, so much clarity of thought. It makes it so much easier to show up on time. But I do recommend you do this in writing. Now let's talk about specifically drive time. 
the reason I'm late is because I'm overly optimistic about how long it will take me to drive to wherever I'm going. I anticipate how long I think it takes me to get ready, and I probably um, lowball that number. It's basically I just don't plan for those little additional things, and then the time that I do account for is the amount of time that it would take on the best day when I would have the best time. I think it's because I always assume that it will take me less time to get to where I'm going. Drive time is an area where almost all latecomers are notoriously optimistic. If once in their entire life, they were able to make the trip in 15 minutes, and every time after that for the last decade it's taken 25 minutes, in the mind of a latecomer, they hold on to that number 15. It's like their PR, their personal best, and they believe, you know what? Once I made this trip in 15 minutes and I can do it again. Therefore, let me fit in one last thing before I walk out the door. And if I leave with 15 minutes, if I get every green light, I should be on time. We often have to drive to LA for meetings. And I have to tell you, driving to LA can either take 45 minutes, an hour and 15, or two hours and 15 minutes. Because of that, I can never plan on it taking 45 minutes or even an hour. At a minimum, I have to plan on it taking at least an hour and 45 minutes. And if I know I'm heading out at a time that could be trafficy or there could be more cars on the road, then I have to allow two and a half hours if I'm going to make sure I arrive on time. Here's the deal to my latecomers. We often fear showing up places too early because, uh-oh, what will we do with ourselves? We're not being efficient. There's more things we should have done at home. Not true. Not true in the age of your smartphone. Because you and I both know everything you need to do and can do or should do or want to do, you can probably do from your freaking phone. Okay, you're not into your phone? Then bring a book or make sure you have your Smart Life push journal with you. That's a trick I've been doing lately. Is every time I arrive someplace early and I have a few minutes to wait, which can certainly fill me with a little bit of anxiety, I now pull out my Smart Life push journal and I flip back through it to see, are there any notes that I may have missed? Or maybe a page that I didn't log in my exercise that day. I go back through it and I write notes. I journal. I use that to keep my mind focused. Or I use that time to connect with you in social media. So your assignment, are you ready for this? I want you to go through your calendar or off the top of your head, grab a pen and a piece of paper or write this down in your Smart Life Push Journal. List everything that you regularly have to drive to. The gym, the kids' school, work, dentist appointments, places that you regularly visit on a regular basis. So you're already estimating how long it takes you to get there. I want you to take a look at those locations And I want you to write down a new number next to each destination. And that number needs to represent the longest it has ever taken you to get there and then add five or 10 minutes. In part one, you got to hear from my mom and dad. By the way, thank you so much (laughs) to everyone who actually said they loved hearing from them and thought they were hysterical. I mean, I, I got people saying that they were in their car crying, that they were laughing so hard. They are funny 24 7 and they're always like that you know they kind of go back and forth and back and forth if you ask one of them a question both of them are going to answer my mom is going to do her best to get him in trouble and they're just very funny but anyways a lot of people heard my dad's explanation for why he's notoriously late and really related 
to the idea that you just feel this overwhelming compulsion to do one more thing or 10 more things before you leave. The biggest reason I'm late is because I'm always trying to get one more thing done. I try to get as many little things done in a short amount of time as I can. So I always think I have time to get one more thing accomplished. Sound familiar? It started to become a battle cry. I got so many messages from people saying exactly this. I try to get one more thing done. But what I also heard from latecomers is that they feel if they don't do these things, no one else will. They are the busiest of the busy, the busy bodies, the ones who take care of all those little details. And so oftentimes latecomers feel justified in their lateness because they're doing all these little things because someone else didn't do them or all these little things because they are the doer. The resentment that people who are early have towards those who are late is almost equal to the resentment that latecomers have because they feel they have to do all these things. Their partner or their children or their office mates aren't doing the things that need to get done and someone's going to do them and they just happen to choose to do them just before they're running out the door. They often said in their messages, well, I would be on time if my husband would just do blah, 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 blah. Or I would be on time if my roommates would put all the dishes away in the morning. So for those of us who are doers, those of us who are busy, we have to remember that it's not a justification for lateness. It may be a justification for why we're always busy because we're the ones doing things, right? But don't forget, we teach people how to treat us. In other words, if you're the one always picking up the slack, always doing these little things, then you're teaching people that's what you'll do. You've created this role for you. You can either fix that or you can choose to better reverse engineer your time so that all these little things you want to do are done the night before. Lastly, I want to talk to you about your partner or your best friend or your coworkers, the people that you you really care about them, right? I heard from so many people really sad messages about how someone they love, like a best friend, again, or a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, how hurtful it was that this person knew being on time was important to you, yet they still showed up late, and, and how that made you feel, which is about you. And if you listen to part one of this episode, you heard the voicemail messages of people who shared with us what they're really thinking when someone's late. And don't forget, when we walk in late, oftentimes people are just very polite and they're like, oh, no problem, we're just getting started. But what truly people are feeling and thinking came out in part one. And many of the latecomers didn't like hearing that. But I wanted you to hear that because that's what's going through the mind of people that you care about. I want you to put in your mind right now the face of the people who you love the most, specifically those who are on time. And I want you to think about how much you care about them and love them. And now imagine doing something knowingly that hurts them, doing something that causes them anxiety and frustration and embarrassment and panic. Can you imagine doing that intentionally? Probably not. And I don't think that you're doing it or we're doing it intentionally. But it's important to remember we have the ability to not do it. And let's face it, you hate being late. And so does your partner. And so do your coworkers. 
and so do all the other people who count on you. No one likes being late. So if it's a skill that we can change, we should change it. You have to make a decision right now. You have to stop being stubborn, stop making excuses, and recognize that it's a socially unacceptable bad habit. Regardless of all the reasons why, all of the excuses that we've made in our head, all of the shortcomings that we may have in terms of our brain circuitry, we have the ability to change this. We have the ability to put in place some of these coping techniques. And I hope that you care enough about other people's feelings, as I know you do, that you will actually work to do this. Lastly, I do think it's important to have an honest and open, non-confrontational conversation with the person you love about their timeliness or lack thereof. And I want you to do this without being accusational. I need it to be about you. I want you to tell your partner how you feel about time and how they could help you and how them helping you would make you feel better. Like, how would it make you feel? Make it about you. So even if you're a late person, this conversation might be with the person who's always on time and letting them know that you you really hate being late and you hate the way it makes you feel and, and how challenging it is for you to estimate time and perhaps enlist their help with some of these techniques that have been mentioned in this episode. If you're the early person and it's your partner or your best friend who's always showing up late, I want you to make it about you. Tell them where this came from, like why it's important to you to be on time, like where you learned that and, and how it makes you feel when someone you love or someone you're counting on shows up late. And let them know you understand that this can be challenging because of the way their brain works, but more importantly, tell them how it makes you feel. I think it's important to have a conversation about which things you need to be on time for, because if I'm being honest, I don't personally think you need to be early for social gatherings that are going to last for five hours. Like, I think there are certain occasions where if the two of you can agree on what is a socially acceptable time for you to show up and also what feels right for both of you as a couple, because one of you might be an introvert and one an extrovert, you know, how you're using your time socially, I think that's an important conversation to have as well. But discuss it in advance so that it doesn't create more tension between the two of you. We're all looking to be happier and healthier and to live these amazing lives. And a big chunk of that happiness is determined by the harmony we have in our relationships. My next tip for you is to create a mantra. Now, this is a mantra that I have to repeat in my head all the time. And you will develop your own. But it's a mantra that I use to make sure that I stay on task when I'm trying to get out the door. That mantra for me is not right now. So when I find myself being distracted, right? And it's our prefrontal cortex that's responsible for making these executive decisions. It's those small micro decisions that we make as we're trying to get ready and out the door and another idea pops into your head. Like, oh, I haven't called grandma this week. I need to call her. It's getting ready to go to work in the morning and realizing that it's been a long time since you organized your makeup drawer. Is now the right time? Does it need to get done? For sure. But not right now. Those who have really strong blood flow to the prefrontal cortex make this decision in an instant. The thought pops in their head and it bounces right out. For those of us who struggle a bit more, and oftentimes people who have attention deficit disorder... That idea pops in our head, as do five others, and we struggle to make the right decision. We don't stop to ask ourselves, 
Is it the right time to do this right now? Some mantras you might want to try on for size could include, not right now. You don't have time. These are things you're going to repeat to yourself over and over again. You don't have time for this right now. Write it down. Do it later. Stay focused. Be on time. Repeat those. Or maybe your mantra is a question, such as, is this the best use of my time? Is this what I should be doing? Pick your mantra and then put it on repeat, on a loop, in your brain, every time you're getting ready over the course of the next five days. Now, no one's expecting you to be perfect, but I'm going to challenge you to be on time for five days straight for everything. Can you do it? Will you do it? Well, I know you can do it, and I know you will do it, but I want to hold you accountable. So I'm going to ask you to go five days and let me know how you do. Actually, better than that, I want you to reach out to me on either Instagram stories or Snapchat and say, I just listened to the episode and I'm going to do this. And then I'll need you to report back five days later. So you got that? We're going to talk twice. Once, right after you listen, which is like right now. And second would be five days after that. Okay. And I'll screenshot those messages to hold you accountable. I'm really excited to see this happen for you. It could change relationships. In fact, I know it will. Don't forget how important it is to have the right tools, right? The right apps to turn on your notifications. Don't forget to buy those digital clocks. I'm telling you, they're a game changer. And lastly, I strongly encourage you to use a physical way to reverse engineer your tasks. I am obviously a huge fan of using the Smart Life Push Journal. We have corporate executives, CEOs, stay-at-home moms, entrepreneurs, college students write to us every single day saying that this journal has been a game changer, and I hope that you will find the same thing to be true. So let me know either way, and I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this two-part series. I love hearing from you. I love and appreciate the reviews that you leave for me on iTunes. Seriously. It means a lot because I know that that takes a few minutes to even to figure it out. So it's incredibly important to me. It's very meaningful. I love you. You are thebomb.com and I'll talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.